welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. My life is... Hmm, I didn't think of a word. My wa- life is off the rails. No, it really isn't. My life is <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> is it? Tell me how off the rails your life is, mom. <laughs> My life is pretty mellow. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about Brooklyn Air by Serena Bowen in today's mini episode. But first, Mom, if you were a man for a day, what would be the first thing you would do? Pee standing up. That would be, yeah. That would be like a really, like, whoa. Like I would go in the backyard and just like pee wherever I wanted. <laughs> if I was a man for a day... What what's the first thing I would do? Yeah. Um, besides the pee standing up thing, um, uh, go get a job that pays me more. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'd probably just like walk around and see like you know ways in which I'm treated differently. I think that would go be to, interesting. Go to some uh, hot guy gym and. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. It's like, Hang out in the also, room. like, which man am I? Because, like, if I'm yeah. Chris Hemsworth, I'm just going to stand naked in a mirror and look at myself for a while. <laughs> mm, I like what they've done here. <laughs> I like what you've done here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it depends on what man I am. <laughs> am I, like, Danny DeVito? Or am I Chris Evans? <laughs> or Chris Pratt, or pretty much any Chris. Any Chris. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, there you go. There's that answer. Nothing so t- against Danny DeVito, though. I mean, you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy. <laughs> a lovely soul. Um, so today, we, like I said, we are going to be talking about Brooklyn Air by Serena Bowen, who is, like, one of only a, a few that is now a repeat author. Yeah, on- that we've done twice. Yeah, because we did... Oh, no, I'm not going to remember. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Um, wow, the, it's unusual for me to remember. I know. From the True North series, which we... Um, I love that series. Yeah, we do love that series a whole heck of a lot. Um, so Brooklyn Air is the fourth book in her Brooklyn Bruiser series. And weirdly, both Mom and I read it as a standalone, which is pretty uncommon for us. Yeah, I didn't... Read? I didn't even realize it was part of a series until I started reading yeah. it. And I'm like, there have been other books in this. Yeah. Um, also, this book and series uh, were requested and recommended to us by listener Nara on Facebook, oh, who gets mentioned well, a lot. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure mom would adopt her if she could. I would. Yeah. Um, so thanks, as always, to Nara. Um, okay, so here's the description that I wrote for this book. You ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Rebecca Rowley has worked for tech billionaire Nate Kattenberger since he was launching his startup in a dingy office space. Now she helps him manage the office for the Brooklyn Bruisers, the hockey team that he owns. Yeah, he's that rich. Over the years, their working relationship has developed into a friendship, but Rebecca has always quashed any and all thoughts of ever going any further with their relationship. Nate, on the other hand... Not so much. Nate has been crushing on Rebecca for the better part of five years, and everyone seems to know it except for Rebecca herself. When Rebecca gets benched at work due to a head injury, Nate steps up to help out, and maybe one night they both stretch the bonds of 
the friend zone a bit. Is Nate about to get what he has always wanted, or is navigating the minefield of a workplace romance going to be too much for Rebecca? So, yes. Mom, what did you think of Brooklyn Air? Ellen, I really liked this book. I did, too. I just thought it was a fun, sweet, not too long. It was less than 300 pages. It was yeah, you know, a pretty you know, brisk read, but it was just a fun little romp through Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, I really like her writing style a lot. She does a really good job. She's like Penny Reed-esque, you know, which is high praise coming from us. Yes. Um, in that she's able to get a lot of emotion and feeling, but also still be like light and fun and never feel like too heavy handed with either, I would say. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed this. I, I like that it was a sports book, but it didn't like dwell on the sport itself overly much. Yeah, well, and it's a sports romance where neither character is the sport. Yeah. an athlete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, yeah, I I am curious to read the other books in the series. Who knows when I will be able to yeah. get around to that because... Yeah. yeah. Oh my, God, my slave master doesn't let me read much outside of, you know. Moving on. Um... <laughs> So what did you think of Rebecca as our heroine? I liked Rebecca. I liked uh I liked that she was kind of no nonsense and I liked that she was uh like very loyal. Yeah, loyal she to was, her job, she was loyal to their friends, loyal practical. to the people she worked with. Yes. She was, you know, a good sister, she was a good employee, she worked hard, but she like you know, she worked hard for where she was. Right. You know, she was pretty high up in this company, but, you know, you never got the feeling that she got it by any easy means. You know, she, right. she worked hard for it. And especially, I think, you know, she they bring up a couple times that she, I think, is a little insecure that she didn't finish college and things like that. But, you know, well, I... Well, she's insecure in starting a relationship with him because she feels like he's so much smarter than she is. Yeah. Yeah. And she's insecure because she always, well, she always felt like he gave her job away to someone better than her. And they never really, he never really did explain that to her very well. Yeah, he did. Well, he did, but there wasn't, I mean, he did, I, I it guess. Was under, it was I, understood. It was understood, I guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And, uh, I liked that their, like, their conflict. I mean, I got where she was coming from on the conflict of not wanting to be, you know, the boss's girlfriend. I I, mm-hmm. I went along with that. I understood it. It made sense to me. And I got it. But then I'm glad that she did it because, I mean, he's a billionaire, so. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Um, But... You know, last in the last episode, I mentioned that I struggled a bit with the heroine in The Worst Best Man because it's like, homegirl, just let this billionaire buy you things every once in a while. Right. Come on. What's, <laughs> what's your problem? So she was like the perfect mix of, you know, respect my boundaries, 
But yeah, you can buy me stuff. That's but fine. you can buy me dinner. <laughs> you can yeah. pay for dinner. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, that I'm fine with that. Yeah, you know, and and when he tries to pay for her medical bills, even she's like, she gets mad at him because he didn't tell her. It's like, I probably would have let you pay for that, but just discuss talk it with me. me first. Yeah, here's here's the problem I had with that is that first of all. Her doctor has no right whatsoever to call him and talk to him about any of the stuff he was talking to him about. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have, like, signed permission to talk to someone else about her condition and her payment and her... I mean, none of that seemed yeah. feasible to me, but... But he's a billionaire. He can get away with whatever he wants. I guess. I guess. I wish a billionaire would come pay my medical bills. Not that I have that many, but... Um, the one spot where I was, like, sort of lacking something that I thought was going to happen story-wise with Rebecca is I thought that there was going to be, and I don't even know if I feel like this is necessary in the long run, but I thought that she was going to have some moment with her sister where she's like, I love you. I need you guys to get your lives together <laughs> slightly. Yeah. But I guess you do that for family. It turned out that they got to stay in her apartment anyway, so. Yeah, it's true. It all worked out. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I thought that that, the beginning was building up to that, and then that didn't really happen. Yeah. It became anyway. kind of a moot point. Yeah, it did. And, like, the sister ended up, you know, not being much of a, not too much of a big character. No. So I, I got that. Um, she's also, small small side note, she's going to be very happy to learn that Channing Tatum is no longer married. Yeah. So, so there you go. So she can ditch her billionaire boyfriend yeah. with the her hot changer. body. <laughs> um, where do you fall? I feel like, have we talked about where do you fall on Channing Tatum? You know, I'm asking the hard-hitting questions here. <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> okay. Do you find him attractive? I do. I, I'll tell you why I find him attractive. Because I think he's funny. He's funny. <laughs> yeah. I love the Jump Street movies. And I just, I love a guy that can make me laugh. So. Yeah, it's true. I, he, um, yeah, he's interesting. If he has I've, a hot bod to go with it. Yeah. So be it. Yeah. He does seem like he would be fun to hang out with. And like, but yeah, like. Face-wise, he's never done, like, a whole lot for me. I mean, oh. he's not, like, bad looking, but... I wouldn't kick him know. out of bed for eating crackers, but... <laughs> well, we all know you're not picky. <laughs> I'm going to tell your dad. You have, we, have we talked about... Oh, you're going to be mad at me when I bring this up. Have we talked before on the podcast about when you had the, like, fantasy dream about Adam Sandler? I think we have. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've brought that up. Okay, cool. All I right. Did, well, now you can't just leave it like that. I had a dream yeah. about Adam Sandler, and we were making yeah. it out in the backseat of my car. Of your dad's car. Of, yeah, my dad's car. <laughs> and, but, I mean, I had this dream, like, after I'd been married. For, I mean, I obviously, you were old enough yeah, for me to tell like you about was, my dream yes. of making out with Adam Sandler. And yeah. so I got a lot of crap for that for a long time. Yeah, because she you told know, me, and then I told everybody. You can't control your dreams. Yeah. I had a dream when I was binge watching Game of Thrones that I killed a whole bunch of people and 
It's pretty dark. Man, binge watching shows like really messes oh, with my dreams. And big time. a show like Game of Thrones really messes. And I also binge watched Vampire Diaries one time. It's just like, gosh, I have got jacked up dreams right now. I binge watched uh, Walking Dead, and that oh, was some. That will do it too. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, tan- tangent, tangent. But um, so, what do you think of Nate as our hero? <laughs> I love Nate. First of yeah. all, I love nerdy guys who, you know, are going to have a Doctor Who themed wedding. What? Adorable. <laughs> um, here's my beef. And I mentioned this to you before. I, I am not a fan of the cover of this book. And here's my problem with the cover of this book. I mean, I'm fine with the bod. That's great. First of all, I don't find the guy on the cover super attractive, but that's fine. My biggest problem is he looks not very intelligent. And for Nate, who's supposed to be super intelligent, I mean, bless his heart. Sorry, guy. (laughs) I don't know who you are. (laughs) I'm sure you're a very nice person. But um, there's just something about the cover that he looks kind of vapid in the cover. And I think it's the way he's holding his mouth and just kind of, I don't know. But to me, voguing a bit. Yeah, and... You know, you can't just stick glasses on a guy and expect him to look smart. And um, although it does make me look extremely intelligent. <laughs> sure. We'll go with that. That's what we tell you. But <laughs> Shut up. But, um, but I, I just had to not look at the cover of this book because that bugged me. Plus, he's supposed I mean, to be this super smart guy. I don't know. It just, none of it worked for me on the cover. Sorry. I mean, I don't I don't hate the cover. Right. I think it's nice to look at. Okay. I think he looks like, because he's supposed to be kind of, you know, they talk about how he's a little bit more trendy now, and he lives in Brooklyn, so, you know. Ellen, um, he does not look like the most intelligent person on the planet. You can't just say that. I no can. <laughs> Go look at that cover. <laughs> So, mom is a snob. Um, I thought there was, like, a really good mix on his character. Like, she does a really good job of writing someone who is not really an alpha, but he's still pretty confident and has kind of, like, cocky moments. But he's also not really, like, he's very insecure about some things, which I think is Well, he keeps talking about how socially awkward he is. I didn't see a lot of signs of that. Of him being socially awkward. Um, I got, like, I got a lot of, I got some of it in the way that all of his assistants would talk about him, how, you know, you have to kind of get his attention and, you know, things like that. But usually he was zoning out because he was thinking about Becca, so. Yeah. Yeah, we got to give him props for that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just I think in that he gets easily distracted by work stuff and I think just that kind of stuff. But um, I I wrote down this as an example of a line where he got to be pretty cocky. Um, <laughs> they're talking about the bedroom and he says, I'd like to be in charge again, Beck, and I'm not referring to the hockey team. And she says, God, Nate, she blows out of breath. Yeah, like that, but louder. <laughs> And I thought that was funny. I actually saw most of the stuff you highlighted, so. Oh, yeah, that's true, huh? (laughs) 
I just thought, I mean, especially when he's, like, turning the flirt on once they've, after they've had sex, um, he gets a lot of moments where he gets to be pretty... Yeah. Fantastic. I I like it when he's being flirty, Nate. um, There was one thing that I was like, yes, Nate, you and I. It's when he, she's talking about how he has a set of chopsticks in his drawer. Yeah, I saw that you highlighted this. <laughs> really nice chopsticks because he doesn't like the little cheap wooden ones that come with their meals. I was like, Nate, you and I. Yeah, mom does not like oh to gosh. chew on wood. Oh, gosh. I hate wood. <laughs> you know what I mean. I, I hate uh-huh. yeah. chopsticks. Um. But Nate made me realize, we're all not realize, but remember how much I really love unrequited love and how much I really love when it's the guy when that's the guy in the unrequited love. Cause, yes. Because, um, like, first page that he walks on, um, you know, you can tell instantly he's got this unrequited love that he doesn't really understand is actually just full-blown love yet. Um, and, you know, they move pretty quickly once they both decide, like, yeah, I'm in this, let's do it. I mean, they get married, yeah, like, or they, they get, get engaged, engaged, like, a day after they decide that. Um, but I think it's because they both were just like, well, we already know we like each other a whole lot. And now that we know that this physical component works, then Well, and she even says this. she had a crush on him when she first started working there. But she just had to tamp everything down because, well, first of mm-hmm. all, he was engaged at the time. But he was her yeah. boss. And she just didn't want to be the person who went there with her boss. Which I get. I understood all that because she mm-hmm. would be viewed, you know, and him trying to figure, trying to see, oh, yeah, I can see why she would feel that way. You know, him. Well, him. and I, I really thought that, you know, him slash Serena Bowen did a good job of um, him pursuing her, but still, like, keeping a respectable Right. Safe distance throughout the whole process. I do like, though, when she says she's all in and he says, okay, well, we'll just break it to everybody slowly. And then they go into the party with, he says, uh, yeah, this is my girl now. And she says, I thought you said we were going to do it slowly. He says, I bought them all drinks, so it'll be okay. <laughs> That was easing them into it. <laughs> yeah, they were cute. Um, I also, I think, mainly just loved him for loving her so much. Like, it was just sweet how much he, like, just loved the heck out of her. And, you know, especially because she's always described as curvy and she feels kind of insecure about w- being surrounded by all these, like, waifish blonde women. And he's like, no, I, I love that about you. <laughs> well, and then, and, and then yeah. they run into his ex-fiance. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, she's thin and she works out and she tans and, you know, all this stuff. But then her new husband treats her so bad. That was sad. It was, was sad. Yeah. And she even was sad for her. Well, and I even, I highlighted this line, too. And um, uh, it's actually during the flashback to when him and Juliet are breaking up. And he's saying to Juliet, you were just as beautiful before I argued. And I meant it. If Juliet 2.0 was a cheater, it was not an upgrade. Right. And so it's like all this work that you've done to yourself to be more beautiful for our wedding. It's, you know, you found out that you're a cheater along the way and that's not, that's not okay. That's not an upgrade for me. And I just and thought I just that loved was how she went and, you know, got him tequila and empanadas and it was just so yeah. cute. And then it was went, really cute when she did it the second time and he was like, 
gosh, I love you. And I was like, <laughs> I love you, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really liked him. And I thought, yeah, I just thought he was really um, a really well done romance hero that we don't see. I always feel like it's, you know, one or the other. But I thought he was a really good blend and felt like a real person. And the other thing that I liked about him that a lot of um, our listeners commented on as well is that he's a, you know, romance hero billionaire who actually works Yeah. for yes. being the billionaire. <laughs> you yes. know? I mean, he works hard. Yeah. And she and I, talks about that a lot, about how, you know, she's like, it must suck that he can never, like, just go home and get away from work, you know? Yeah. The, um, there are a lot of things in this book. Well, and I think the last few books I've read, they've had these heroes that are wealthy, because they're always wealthy, mm-hmm. um, but they live in these huge homes all by themselves, and it just seems so depressing mm-hmm. and um you know just that spark of having some when they love come into their lives and but the thing I liked about him is that I feel like everybody else it's always like I didn't even realize how lonely I was but he did he like from yeah. the beginning he was like it would be so nice to be able to come home and have you know someone here waiting for me and I was just like oh Nate you're such a sweetheart and then I loved how he fixed everything in the end and had you know, how he made it so she was he wasn't her boss anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I liked I liked that resolution. I thought that, that was good. So Angry. mom, next question. Okay. Would you buy a Bingley? Oh. Well there were things about Bingley that I really liked. And there were things that I was a little like, mm, it's a little big brotherish. I love when they find out that <laughs> That they're recording all of their, like, sexual trysts. <laughs> and then they had to say, send him an email every morning, so can we download what we <laughs> heard yesterday? No, said, no, don't download. <laughs> I had to tell him two days in a row they couldn't listen to Bingley. <laughs> yeah, and I, I get a lot of that is because he was a prototype and they were trying to, you know, yeah. adjust, make adjustments and things. But um, still, even my Alexa makes me a little nervous about, you know, what are you recording about me, Alexa? You know what were we talking about? And then it was on your Facebook your blow dryer you just bought. Oh yeah! And then all of a sudden on my Facebook, I've got all these advertisements for yeah. that kind of a blow dryer. And it's like, oh, Big Brother's watching me. Yeah, that was creepy. Um, I mean, Bingley was a lot. Of, I mean, whether or not I, I think I would want one, <laughs> mainly just so I had someone to talk to. Well, it's not just the Bingley; it's just all the things Bingley could do. I mean, you'd have to have your whole house set up. You know the way his smart house was home set up. kind yeah. of thing, smarter than my home. But yeah. um, uh, yeah, it was. I love that he could like lock all the doors or unlock all the doors or yeah. And I love when but, he's like, would, could, Rebecca would like to come visit you. He's yeah, like, he's like, no, 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 not right now. And he's like, well, I'll tell her to go then. He's, Wait, she's here. She's at the front yeah. door. <laughs> um, I mean, and just. It added a lot of humor to the book, it Bingley did. did. Um, I wrote down my two favorite Bingley lines. Um, he's like, goodbye, Nate. You're a prince among men. You're smarter than Bill Gates. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That was a good one. And then um, when Nate is asking Bingley, 
how do you get over someone? And he says, Nate, we are all fools in love. There are 622 million search results for this question. And then he starts listing the top things to do. Yeah. But I like when he says, well, do you mean physically? Like, what, getting yeah. over someone? <laughs> it's like, no, I don't even know how that would work. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought it was a funny... You know, it was a fun thing to have. It was, and I loved how she it. could check up on him with her Bingley app, and yeah. he could check up on her. I don't know. It was just yeah. kind of cute. Um, but Bingley is guilty of this, and it seems to happen to these two a lot. They get cock-blocked, like, several times in this book. Because um, Bingley cock-blocks them when he thinks that something is wrong with Becca, because she's moaning. moaning. <laughs> and then I did think it was funny... Uh, kind of the same vein when the security guard comes in <laughs> and he's like, there was two heat signatures on top of each other. I and can't just on assume the stairs. That that's... <laughs> <laughs> on the stairs. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, but yeah, they get cock blocked a couple times. And um, anyway, but yeah, I, I enjoyed Bingley. He was a very enjoyable component of the book. Um, how did you find not reading the rest of the series this time? It didn't bother me. I really think that I can go back and read the other books. And not, I know these two probably interact in some of the other books. I think it's kind of their Billy and Claire where it kind of builds yeah. up to their book. Yeah. But, um, Even though there's, I think, a couple after this one, too. Yes. Well, I'm thinking the little girl, I don't know, yes. Heidi Joe. Heidi Joe gets a book. Gets a She's book. in the book after this one. Um, With Castro. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. I liked Castro. Yeah. But he kept hitting on Becca. Um, <laughs> Nate did not like that. Nate did not like that. <laughs> and um, uh, so you can kind of tell who the other books are about based on people who are in relationships. And I'm assuming Lauren has a book and, um, her and, cause that I book is simultaneous with art, with the book we read. Yes. Yeah. Lauren's book with the goalie. And then obviously Georgia with Trevi. Yes. But, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice it to be. I didn't feel super lost no. in anything that was going on. No, I was okay, yeah. Ellen. And usually yeah. it would totally bug me, but... Yeah, it's true. Uh, okay, so what did you make of the time jumping in this book? Did you like it? You mean what the going you... back? Yeah. And um, I liked it. I liked... Because they refer back so much, like Juliet shows up and and then the whole problem that he has with people thinking that he wants he bought a team just to go after Dallas because the guy that Juliet left him for is on the Dallas team um which is so stupid people are so stupid anyway um I mean I could totally see that coming up I can totally see that as a thing but it's a stupid thing so yeah but um yeah, so I was glad that we had that background. Plus, so many of the things, like the things with the empanadas and the tequila, that comes up again, and it's adorable that it mm-hmm. happened again. So, yeah, I'm glad that they went back and kind of showed us yeah. how they started out. I am too. Anytime it's um, it's a device that's not used like 
throughout the book because it kind of stops. They kind of stop going back like halfway through the book, I would say. I always wonder if there's like another way that we could have gotten the past. I don't know. That worked for me. Yeah. I was okay with it. Um, But I did, I did like, you know, knowing their history. And I know. Like did that. you listen to any of the audiobook? I did not, actually. Because I know they have three readers on the audiobook. Hmm. They have, there's a girl, I don't know all the names of everybody, sorry. There are people out there who probably do. There's a girl, there's a, there's a Becca, there's a Nate, and then there's a narrator for the, for the uh, past, for the past parts. Interesting. So, um, yeah. Uh, hmm. So it was, it was good. It was well done. And um, the narrator was a guy and the Nate was a guy. So, oh. you know, I like it when they had sexy guy voices on those books. Yeah. So, what do you see as the conflict in this book? Um, I would say the main conflict was him getting her to come around to, to you know, being on board. The Alexa thing comes up, but that's Alex. kind of a... Is it her, yeah. is Alexa or Alex? I think it's Alexa, but... I can't remember now. Maybe I'm thinking of my... It's Alex. It's Alex. Okay. Sorry. I was you are Alexa. thinking of <laughs> Alexa. Stop! <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> what was she even saying? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Alex shows up. <laughs> yeah, and um, but We're that's just, just kind Alex. of a no thing. I mean it had potential to be a problem but it turns out to be not a problem and I knew it was not going to be his so so I'm thinking that she must be getting her own book because of if not it's kind of unnecessary right kind of a weird thing to stick in yeah because it doesn't even last for that long it's not even like it's something that they're sitting on not even a whole chapter and it doesn't even cause any tension, really. Yeah, between I mean, them, she's like, "Yeah, we'll work it out no matter what." And yeah, um, so it didn't even cause like a problem in their relationship. Yeah, I mean, he was a little nervous about it for a while, but that was it. So honestly, I hope it's because she is getting her own book because otherwise, I I feel like it would, I don't know, be unnecessary and kind of weird. Well, hopefully she's getting her own book, and her own book is the fact that she's not getting with together that. with the baby daddy. Yes. Well, if it's in this series, she's probably getting together with a hockey player, I'm probably. guessing. <laughs> uh, it made me think of when you guys were kids. We used to live in Spokane, Washington, and they had a semi-pro hockey team. And so we would go to these hockey games, and we'd take our kids with us to these hockey games, and... There's something about the sport of hockey. I don't know what it is. I am not a violent person. But, boy, they throw off their gloves and start going at it. And we're like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I was like, man, this is a terrible example as a mother in front of my children to be cheering when they're fighting. But we'd go to hockey games in college, and that was, like, always what we would be, like, rooting for to have happen <laughs> always like, that's, that's what you go to a hockey game for yeah. and uh i just felt like gosh i'm i am not a good mother yeah for ever you're, so many reasons 
Yeah, I was going to say, you're not. So, um, anyway. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Tell me how great I am. It was just Mother's Day for Evan. Well, I would never. Um, <laughs> so, the conflict. I, um... What do you think is the conflict? I definitely see it as as them. What I really like about, I mean, the thing is, is it's it is a conflict in that you know he's trying to convince her, and she's you know they're kind of at odds on how to handle this, and with him being her boss and things like that. I like I said, I really like the resolution, but I also really like. Um, I like the moment when she realizes he asked me, <clears throat> he doesn't like want to show me off or something. He asked me to be there with him at the Dallas games because it's going to be tough on him. Yeah. And he w- wanted me there with him and I should do that for him. And I, I liked when, you know, she kind of realizes like, okay, maybe I've been, misreading this whole situation and like when she realizes that he switched her room with the suite and stuff like that um so i just thought that was sweet and i mean so that there is some conflict but also there's not i don't know it's it's a pretty like mild conflict i would say yeah it just took a while to get her to come around kind of but um and I think it's because they're they're such good friends, right? It's like it would be it would be disingenuous to cause like this huge blow up because they already have such like trust with each other, right. I think. Well, and they yeah, they have a relationship. I mean, it's not like she could go off on him because he's acting a certain way, but because yeah. she knows that what he's like. I mean, she knows what kind of person he yeah. is. And um, I really like that part, too. And I like that she finally says, okay, I'm going to go to the game. I'm going to go with you. And I'm going as your date. I'm not going. I'm not working. I'm I'm not. All in. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was sweet. Um, Okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. Um, So, the sex in this book. What what says you? Um... Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, I never like to get too much into this, but um, the the sex scenes in this book were were nice. They were. And um, I liked that, you know, we got a taste of some of them, but then the rep, then, you know, I like it when they don't dwell on them constantly over and over again. Yeah, because then it's, you know, then after we get a few, you know, hits of it, then after that, it's like, and then I showed him how much I appreciated him and, you know, that kind of stuff. So there's, there's a couple that are still spelled out pretty well. There are, Um, but uh, my favorite bedroom scene was when she's telling him about her fantasy and she says, you just push me face down on the bed. I try to talk to you, but you don't listen. You just hold me down and go to town. And he's like, that's not very polite of me. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it doesn't make much sense. But <laughs> I also loved her cardigan dream because yeah, I love me a good cardigan. And how it then like came up again. Yeah. Oh, that was funny. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, I um yeah, they had and they had some like good sexy banter in they the did. bedroom scenes, which they I did. always prefer that cuz it's like I always enjoy a sex scene that seems like it would also just be fun. You know? Well, well that's and she even said she said something about him laughing during he's usually he usually laughs during sex. And uh do you remember that part or am I yeah. making this up in my brain? Um that's how she knew something was wrong after he talks to Alex and they had sex in his office. And she's like, something's off because he usually is laughing during sex and not so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I was like, you know what? I can, I can appreciate a good laugh during sex. <laughs> but not, I, not in a cruel kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> like, ha ha. Ha Not that kind of laugh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, so I thought, I thought the sex scenes were, were good in this book. I would agree. Good sex. Nice. (laughs) Um, so mom, what was your swooniest moment? Oh shoot. I forgot to think about this. My swooniest moment. Um, I have a kind of a general one. Okay. Go first. And it's mainly just how much he just really wanted to help her when, she was sick. I because lo- you know I t- I mentioned I love like the unrequited love, and it was just out in full force, and he didn't even realize it really quite. I mean, he sort of did, but um, just like how much it just like he like ached inside because she was obviously in pain and miserable, and he was just like I have to help her, like I have to do something. I was just like, oh, lay swoon. There were a lot of them though. I loved when he. Uh, took the key card from Lauren and broke into her room at night, which I get is like, I like that whole conversation too, that they, you know, right before they have sex for the first time. And yeah. And uh, I did love that whole conversation. And then where, when he says, uh, like he feels bad that he's kissing her. So he stops and and then she gets mad at him. He's like, wait, are you mad because I kissed you? Or are you mad because I stopped? I stopped. That was funny. That was cute. Um, I wrote down this line from when they're having that conversation. And, um, you know, she's asking him why I need to know why you, you know, moved me over to the to the team rather than keeping me at with you as your assistant. And um, he says and he says, remember when you you started dating that guy? And he says, I couldn't stand it, Beck. I wanted you to have someone and be happy, but I didn't want to watch. And I was like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Kill me. And that's um, really all the conversation they have about that. Yeah, but do you need it more spelled out, Mom? <sighs> yes, I do. I want her to actually say, wait, you mean you couldn't stand seeing me with another guy? <laughs> that would just be overkill, Mom. Whatever. <laughs> um, okay. So those are some of our thoughts. Let's hear from some of our listeners. Okay. So Jennifer says, starting off uh, on a downer a little bit, Jennifer says, this was my least favorite of the series. I was actually disappointed because of the buildup from the previous books. She said, here's my Goodreads comment on the book. 2.5, rounding up because of hockey. I'm not feeling this book. Too much side meh, and the romance didn't live up to the hype of the previous books. Nothing about it felt right for me. Is Alex getting her own book? If not, that whole side drama was pointless. And we agree. I have to agree with that a little bit. 
Sarah says, I quite liked this friends to lovers trope. It was refreshing to read about a more realistic billionaire type nerdy workaholic instead of the spoiled playboy. I loved the Hal slash Bingley tech too. Agree. On Agree. All friends with all those. Natalie I never, says, I never read any of these before we record because I, I yeah. don't like it to ruin my, my thoughts on the book. Yeah. Natalie says, I read it a while ago and I remember being kind of blandly satisfied. Like, I was glad to finally get their story, but it was kind of meh compared to the buildup in the previous books. Then I second-guessed myself and thought, maybe I would have liked this as a standalone if I didn't have so many expectations for it. But I also think if you're going to build something up so much in the series, there needs to be more follow-through. So, as somebody pointed out in the comments... It's interesting that so many people that had read the whole series felt meh about this one, and everybody who reads it as a standalone seems... Seems to like like it pretty well. Seems to like it a lot. Um, Beth said, I liked it a lot. I read it first. I'd finished the True North series, and it was newly released. On her website, she recommends starting the hockey series with Brooklyn Air. So that's interesting. Um, singular male listener Jason said, I have enjoyed this whole series and I liked this book, but it wasn't my favorite in this series. I think I liked the first book the best. Um, Ashley said, okay, I wasn't feeling the love for this book until the last quarter. And then it was only like I was feeling. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it either. Issue number one. This is not a standalone book. I was expected to know too many characters and too many side plots to follow little details of the story. I kept getting pulled out of the flow. Issue number two, the flip-flopping between present and past. I don't handle flipping timelines well. It gets too confusing and introduces too many unresolved questions and issues. Pro number one, I really liked that Nate was not written as an extreme alpha. I'm getting a little burnt out on alpha stories, and he was a sweet, nerdy guy. Very refreshing to read a hero written like this. Pro number two, Becca was great, relatable heroine. Overall, I liked it. Okay, will I read the remaining books in the series? Eh, maybe, but maybe not. Jessica says, I listened to the audiobook of this a few weeks ago and really liked it. I may be slightly biased because Zachary Weber is my favorite narrator. His voice, swoon. She says, I loved Nate as the nerdy but hot hero, and I loved Bingley. The only thing I thought was completely unnecessary was the whole Alex pregnancy plotline. It didn't work for me, and I thought it just was not needed. Other than that, it was a cute, fun listen. Um, Aida said, I really liked this book. I read it out of order to begin with, but have gone back to read the others. Still loved it. Nate is the ultimate nerd and friends to lovers for the win. (laughs) Kristen said, I liked it. I'm not sure it totally lived up to the hype and build up from the previous books. I think I was expecting more attention. I wasn't the biggest fan of how it was told concurrently with book number three. I felt like it took a lot of the mystery away from this one. Also, was not a fan of the Alex storyline at all. But overall, it was fun and sweet, and Nate was a cutie. Bonus points for all the PMP references, though I have to say I prefer the True North series overall. Excuse me while I go read Bountiful, reread Bountiful, Swoon City. Oh, Bountiful. And then Aieta uh, said... There are four points that made Brooklyn Air my favorite in the series. Number one, instead of being a man whore thinking about sex 24-7 and spending every night in a BDSM club, Nate is a billionaire who actually works. Number two, how often do we see a beta male having his story told in a sports series? I know Nate isn't an athlete, but it felt refreshing all the same. 
number three, Becca is the most relatable heroine so far. We can understand her insecurities, her financial struggles, and her family dynamics. And number four, Bingley. Nuff said. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just found it really interesting that everybody who had, like, read the whole series felt let down by this one. But everybody who just read the book seemed liked to like this it. one a lot. Well, now I don't want to go back and read the rest of the series because I, I did like the book. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Um, Mom, any other thoughts on this book? No. Uh, I, I, I really liked it. I enjoyed the story. I liked both of them. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, I think a Serena Bowen book is always solid in yeah, my definitely in my estimation. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Brooklyn Air by Serena Bowen. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. I should say, on our social medias right now, we have released our summer reading list we will uh, kind of lay that out in the next episode during the break segment. Um, but if you want to go take a look at that on the social medias, please do so um, and get excited because we are um, on May 27th finishing out our spring reading list. We are reading Kate Canterbury's Before Girl. Um, so we're excited for that one. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. I will see you next time. Yes, you will. Bye. Bye. <laughs>